Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Milsurp World Podcast, the podcast all about military surplus. Uh, today, we're joined by myself, Aaron, and Danny, Jared, and Stephen. Say hi, everybody. Hello. 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 Uh, Hello. Stephen is a member of our Patreon and is on the uh, list to join us today. Danny is token up over there. Uh, oh yeah, uh, it, yeah is it's legal. it is legal now in uh, Missouri. Good job, Danny. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I—that's funny. I, I went to a gun show this weekend, and it's like the first gun show since it's legal, and I smelled it so much, like just in like the general <laughs> public, like way more. That's kind of funny. It's still like a—it's still a federal thing, you know, as far as filling out the right, yeah, form yeah. or whatever. My wife's but... hoping that it drives the prices down in Illinois. We were actually really surprised. To yeah. see it pass because we weren't expecting anybody, any state around us to pass it because we got Kentucky, Indiana, Missouri. I'm just like, they're not going to pass it. And then Missouri wouldn't pass it. And I was like, whoa, very strange. Yeah, uh, I should say I'm not actually smoking uh, anything. This is just tobacco. But I mean, something's on fire. So, I mean, you are smoking something. I mean, I mean, I'm not doing uh Cannabis, the the wacky tobacco, the devil's lettuce, oh, or anything like that. <laughs> Just censor yourself there. <laughs> yeah, it's going on YouTube. Got to be monetized. You can't say stuff like that. What in the first thirty seconds of a YouTube video? Uh, who knows? Yeah, there's some sort of rule about that. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. All right. But so, no. yep. speaking of, of smoking, Jared... real quick. Sorry to oh, go back oh, into I'm this. Sorry. I am smoking Danny here. Talk about this, yeah. So I'm I am smoking a. Uh, a, Sh- a Shalowski pipe uh, of Shalowski pipes. Um, he uh, hooked me up with this pipe. It is now the nicest pipe that I own. Um, he has an Instagram where he uh, he shows off like his pipes and he, he sells us. I'm not sure directly, but uh, if he's you... He's a fan of the podcast, right? Yeah, he's a, he's a fan of the podcast. He listens to us. And uh, so I was just going to give him a shout out because he makes very nice pipes. If, uh, if you buy or collect pipes or anything, I highly recommend checking out Shalowski pipes. I'm not not a sponsor or anything. I just wanted to give him a I shout mean, out. I he reached out to you, and I reached uh, out to him. Oh, you did? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Because I because I loved his pipes. I was like, hey man, I got to get one of those pipes. I was like, give me. I was like, give me that pipe, man. Still can't light it. You. Nobody's gonna make a joke, pipe joke. No. Okay. I, okay. I mean, no, I mean. We've made a lot of Johnson jokes. I think we're kind of done on the the dick jokes, really. Yeah, we're just <laughs> we're just penised out. Yeah. Just too much, too much penis. Flaccid, you know, kind of a flaccid joke now. So uh, we'll do uh, we're gonna do intro to structure, Steven, structure. Yeah, we'll yeah. Do, uh, we're gonna do yeah. So so Stephen, hello. Um, yeah, we gotta hello. do the the uh, the thing that we do. We have to ask you the questions. Which the first question yeah. is, how did you get into military surplus? Uh, so I got into military surplus mm-hmm. uh, through, honestly, my grandfather. So my grandfather fought through all of World War II, Korea, and the first half of Vietnam, and I knew him growing up. And so knowing him and talking to him is how I kind of got into military surplus in general. And then when I graduated college, I discovered I can buy this stuff, and I can now afford to do so. So... Um, I primarily focus on World War One, World War Two stuff, so I've got a fair bit of 
I mean, my collection is still pretty small compared to some of y'all, but I got a good bit of rifles and pistols, and then um, I have a few military things as well. So I got a few overcoats, field jackets, um, huh. stuff like that. So that's kind of what what got me hooked on it. Yeah, same thing for me, pretty much. Just realizing, got into the history, then I realized, oh wait, like these things existed. You could like buy mm-hmm. something that was used in this war, and that's I was like a. That was the big, big pivotal moment for me for collecting this stuff. But yeah. So what was your, what was your very first, uh, Milserp? So my first Milserp was, uh, actually purchased at a gun show, which is surprising. It was a AX 41 code K98. It was a bolt mismatch and the guy sold it to me for 800 bucks. And I was able to talk him down a little bit on it because he had it mislabeled originally. He thought it was matching. And it wasn't matching. The last two numbers on the bolt are flipped from the rest of the numbers. So, oh, oh wow. dyslexic moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, dyslexic factory so, worker that day. Um, it also, he sold That's me the cool. bayonet with it as well. So, it was the rifle plus the bayonet. Uh, does the bayonet um, match? Bayonet does not. Well, the bayonet matches the scabbard, but it doesn't match the. Right. Mean, but yeah, still, yeah. 800 for your first is not terrible for a kid. Yeah, yeah for a bolt mismatch. No. Yeah, just just for a bolt mismatch of like a less common maker, like like AX, that's that's good. That's really good for now. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. what time period? Uh, World War II. It's so so AX-41 is the... What year did you get it? 1941. What year did you buy oh, the rifle? Oh, what year did I buy? I'm sorry. Uh, I bought that... Years ago, at this point, we're in 2022. Yeah, so I bought it in 2019. Okay, that's actually a really good mm-hmm. price for 2019. Yes, yeah, yes. I was expecting it to be a lot more. Um, and nobody was interested in it when at uh, when he was at the gun show. I was asking about it. He's like, Yeah, no one's asked me about this rifle yet. And I was kind of kind of surprised because usually those are the first yeah, things to go. That's shocking, dude. K98K is mm-hmm. like everybody knows what they are and everyone wants one. Yes, so that's what like... was his sticker price before you talked him down? 925. Yeah, I yeah, thought maybe it was bad. something ridiculous. That's still not bad. Yeah. yeah, with a matching bayonet, that's yeah. I mean, matching bayonets I now mean, are like two hundred bucks. It matches. The yeah, scabbard. something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm saying like a bayonet like that, that matches, matches the scabbard. The scabbard oh, okay. Like that, that thing on its own is like two hundred bucks. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So you paid like seven hundred bucks for a rifle or less. Yeah, essentially, and it's got a very yeah. clean bore, yeah. which was the other nice thing about it. That's what I mean. Aren't Russian captures going for that much now? Yes. Yeah, I think Russian so. captures go for more than seven hundred now. Seriously, especially on Gunbroker. Mm-hmm. Wow, I haven't I haven't yeah. kept up with RCs lately. Jeez. Yeah, I saw one Russian capture run up almost to about eight hundred and fifty bucks, and I was kind of like, "You got to be joking." That's that's a bit insane. Yeah, you got you got somebody fighting for something there. Yeah, one of those bidding war things, man. The last Russian capture I bought, I paid like five or six hundred for but it was an all-matching russian capture i.e it was it was it was just labeled as a russian capture it wasn't actually a russian capture <laughs> oh nice that's pretty cool it's like this all the numbers match on this gun how is this a russian capture and it's i was like how much okay i'll buy it yeah so no, that was my first rifle um i've been pretty happy with it i've taken it shooting a couple of times and it, it shoots pretty good too so I'm, I'm certainly not complaining. Although I, I can't stand shooting Sherman Mausers with their V-notch and post. Oh, really? Not a fan of the barley oh. corn? No, I'm not. It's a horrible sight system. 
I don't have mind it that shot, much. Have you ever shot the the old school uh, the the roller coaster, like a Bear ninety eight site? I have. I hate it. And and it's weird. It's awful. <laughs> what you need is a Portuguese Mauser. So the I port- have the next oh, best the, thing. The I have export? Uh, the yeah the nine thirty seven because it yeah. has uh, it has a square notch and a u uh, u. Yeah, it's so I have the next best thing. My friend has a Portuguese Mauser. I have a Norwegian Capture K98. Oh, okay. Um, oh. I actually have two, and they they basically just changed the sight to the square notch and post. So, yeah. and put it in thirty out six, which I enjoy shooting with. Right? Yeah. Yep. Did they do they file out the edge of the receiver for that? Yes. Yeah, the mellow mm-hmm. flat for it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I want one of those. There was one at the at a show a couple weeks ago for twelve hundred bucks, Norwegian capture. That's not terrible. That's not bad at all for a Norwegian. I looked at it kind of hard and I was like, mm. "What does an Israeli one go for nowadays?" Well, I, I saw it. This is super often. this is getting kind of in the we're we're doing the gun show topic. Did we say what our topic was today? Our topic is uh, gun shows, and this is kind Usually of getting into that topic that after the acquisition. I saw two. Yeah, yeah I know. I saw two. Israelis at the gun show this weekend. Oh. Weirdly enough, two. One was six and one was eight. Really? I That's not bad for Israelis. I expected more. Yeah, in 308, you think they would be. Yeah. One were, they, were, were they rough? Uh, not really. The D- Because they can a, be. There was, a, there was a DOU 45 that was mm-hmm. a little that was a little rough. It was weird that was six. But then there was a beautiful like FN Israeli contract that was like mint. It was oh, 800. Oh, that, that's like an actual built one, not a... Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah, I was kind of tempted on you. that one. Yeah. The best one I've ever seen, I told you about that one, right? Hmm. The It was a Gewehr 98 that had been re-stamped uh, by the Weimar Republic and then converted to K98K. And then ended up in Israel. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. And it, and it was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that's one to buy. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's... That was on the the Facebook page. Somebody has one of those. Has that. And I was like, that's 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 an amazing piece of history. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is really cool. cool. Yeah. But it's like, it's kind of funny. Like a, a beautiful mint, all matching K ninety eight K. The history on it, honestly, is a bit boring if it's just like, you know, meant because it probably didn't see combat yet. Yada, yada. Who knows where it's at the whole war. But like that goes for insane money. But a gun like that probably wouldn't go for all that much. You know, I mean, it'd go for a bit more. That, yeah, comparatively. Probably comparatively. But it's like funny. Yeah. Sometimes a, a rifle with so much more history can go for, you know, quite a bit less. I mean, yeah. Well, do we want to get into recent acquisitions? Yes, yes. Um, I'll let you let somebody go first. Uh, Stephen, would you like to talk about your recent acquisitions? Maybe the last, just like the last sure. couple months. Uh, the most recent acquisition I bought was actually last year, um, or I guess at the beginning of this year, and it was an M41B sniper. So that is a. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's a Swedish Mauser that Sweden stuck a German Ajax scope on, converted into a sniper rifle. Um, the mine, the bolt, the, the scope base, and the scope all match the receiver. 
and everything on the rifle looks to be correct. Uh, it's a great shooter. The scope is not zeroed at all, so that's a bit annoying. I'm going to have to figure out how to re-zero it. That's the most uh, recent acquisition I've got. Nice, nice. That's a really Damn, good one. It piqued his interest with. The yeah, you can see he was. Oh, he's like, oh, you do. <laughs> yeah. When we talk about gun shows, I'll tell you guys about it. Yeah. You haven't, you haven't seen, you don't, you don't have one of those, do you, Danny? Uh, no, and uh, one at Tulsa literally slipped through my fingers. So, oh, that's a story. That's a story. Yeah, that's a story. It's a story. That's a story for uh, later. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you want to go over your All right. Uh, I went to a gun show and I bought three rifles off a of buddy. I got a beautiful Mexican Mauser that oh. Danny loves. What, what model? Uh, it's the 1910. Right. Yeah, it's a nineteen. Those, those are the most common, I think. It, well, yeah, it's from like thirty-four. It's mm -hmm. not. It's not fancy, but it's not. It's nice. It's mm -hmm. the only nice one I've ever seen. It's not all beat to well, shit. I mean, usually they're bad. Oh, and this one's like, this one's really pretty. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I got that. For people who don't know, it's a, a, those are essentially like if you imagine like a Spanish eighteen ninety eight, but with mm -hmm. a Mauser ninety eight bolt in it. Yeah, or like a Mauser ninety eight action, and then, and then used for for continuous use for like seventy five years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's why I was I was extremely surprised. Like, like this is this is nice. It's not factory, but it's not drug behind a pickup truck for seventy five years. It looks like I carried it around for like a week and then they got bored of it. It's it's really nice. Um, I got a Jap carbine, uh, a thirty eight carbine. Nothing special. It has the mum. Oh, so, I mean, that's 90% of the value. Yeah. Um, and then I have a, for the Mosin guys, a 9138. Uh, Anybody here know what that is? No. Um, there's a couple articles on them. It, it's, a, it's a rifle that was converted, they think, by the Czechs into a 38 pattern so it's a 1907 rifle that has 38 it's a 38 short barrel and uh but no bayonet no bayonet so it's the carbine length mm -hmm. carbine like sights, the M44, that. where mm -hmm. it has the folding bayonet it's like the 38 where it doesn't mm -hmm. have the bayonet yes and the barrel dates 1907 which is a hell of a lot before 1938, right? I prefer the 38 style versus the 44. It's so much heavier. Well, it's comically, I don't have a 38 or my, a 44. My fireball like, thrower. Yeah, I don't have any of the carbines. It's the only one I have, and it's like the, the rarest one. Well, not the rarest one. It's a very uncommon one to get, I should say. I should grab it, but that does it won't focus. That's why I didn't, I didn't grab it, honestly. Yeah, when you do the... The blurring of the background, it messes with the camera. Yeah, I know. But that's what... Uh, oh, that and I got a PPSH-41 kit to be turned into a B-Fong submachine gun. Blank firing only non-gun. Yes. So that's my reason. <laughs> I love Danny is like the, the acronym... <laughs> translation I'm just like, someone was probably going to ask <laughs> there's going to yeah. well just there's somebody people are listening and don't know what a b-fong is most people don't know yeah. what a b-fong is outside of reenactors it's 
when when you said it, I knew what it meant, but at the first second I was like, what did he say? And then yeah. you immediately started saying it, so I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. That's what I got. Well, I haven't bought anything just yet, but I am seriously considering rolling the dice on the Royal Tiger lottery. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. I mean, $250 for a an M95 carbine. Pretty yeah. juicy. Yeah. Wouldn't you think rolling the dice sooner than later would be the way to do it? Because every day that goes by could be the next nice one that's gone. Oh, yeah. Oh, see, here's the thing. I'm well beyond, like, caring about, like, yeah, if true. it's shootable. <laughs> I have enough to yeah. shoot. That's fair. <laughs> so, I don't care. Uh, I I honestly, if if they have a sale, I might buy two. Yeah. Just, I'm not going to pay for hand select. I'm not going to pay for a specific maker because I'm like, I don't care. Um, so we, we had the guy in, uh, the, uh, discord talk about it, right? Danny, remember? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for those that don't know that, uh, the Patreon members have a discord, we have a discord and, uh, one of the gentlemen that was in our discord, uh, wa went to Royal Tiger Imports in person. It's the guy that was on the last podcast. Uh, yeah, it was. And, and, uh. We talked about this in the last podcast, yeah, mm -hmm. where um, they 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 just have tons of parts, tons of stuff everywhere, and it's people. I see people complain all the time on on Reddit, on Facebook about Royal Tiger, and I'm just I'm not going to defend them putting up the best pictures of the best thing they have and then selling much much lower grade shit. Uh, I mean, that's just the way it is. It does say it in the description, though. I did check that. Um, but uh, th they have a lot of choice. And I think you, you're going to roll the dice. You're going to roll the dice. It's like the... Yeah, they... Maybe some of the stuff that's, like, pricier. And then, you know, you then you're paying close to retail. And then it's kind of too rough. You know, rougher than you thought it would be. You know, definitely not as nice condition as the one in the picture. I can understand being disappointed at that. But, like, when you're talking about, like, a $250, like, M95, it's like... Right now, they have $99 uh, Carcanos. And I'm I, like, don't think it, I don't think anybody's going to complain. Yeah, what about a $99. Yeah. Like, what are you expecting, like... I don't, I, this is 2022, almost 2023, and and there's $100 guns that That's, potentially could be shootable. That I don't know for sure, but I mean, there's a good chance. Yeah, cool historical stuff. Hey, some of their some of RTIs, the their M91s, like their long rifles, are from Italy. They're not the the Ethiopian. Yes. Cache. Yeah, because there so, was a there was a cache of like. Wasn't it like police or something? Something like that, yeah. In in Italy yeah. that they found, and I guess they've been coming the, in. Didn't you put a like a short video out? Um, yeah, because Access, yeah, Access Arms got a bunch of yeah. the M ninety ones, and I looked on his website. It looks like he still has some. Um, they're not ninety nine dollars, but. Uh, well, yeah, but they're still like what sub two fifty. Under three, I think. Yeah. And under three hundred dollars for a Milsurf firearm. In this day and age, is is pretty pretty nice. 
Yeah. I did. I did actually go on Gunbroker and bid on an M95, obviously. Uh, and I hit my max, and it kept sailing way beyond. I think it stopped on like 780 uh, for a long rifle, and I was just like, that's eh, not that like awful of a price, but that was way beyond what was I was Was it 8 by 50 pay. Is that why it went up yeah. so high? Yeah. It was an 8 by 50 and it was... Uh, pretty good condition it, it obviously the stock had been sanded at some point but not super heavily but um the the barrel and the receiver were actually they didn't have a um it's a three digit serial with no uh uh letter code so that means in that batch it was the first like uh i think it was 631 or something like that so it was the 631st rifle in that batch build so that's kind of neat. They don't see them. I mean, obviously, there's only there's only you know so many that were built without the letter codes. Um, only nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine of them uh, in a given time period. So I don't see those come up very often without the letter codes. But it's pretty neat to find them. Probably the worst gun broker thing I saw lately. There was a uh, Canadian SMLE I threw a bid on. I was thinking, okay, it'll probably sit around between 800 and a grand and this thing sailed all the way to 1785 bucks i was like there's no reason why any smle should be unless it's like a world war one all matching with the volley sites should be that expensive and this this gentleman still had to pay tax and shipping on it too so yeah yes and sometimes with those guns it could be like to like a person that's not super into infields like me, I'm just like, oh, why, why is that so much? But like, if you ask an infield person, they're gonna be like, oh well, you see, <laughs> see that little like number four next to the blah blah blah. That means whatever, whatever, whatever. Now and now it's like a you know some you sort of. You make fun of me for that with my M95 stuff. What? No, no, I don't. I would, I would never. Yeah, you make would. fun of make fun of your M ninety fives. Ever, ever. Blasphemy, sir. Was that was that? Uh, did we go through all your acquisitions, Jared? Were we on you still? Uh, no, I'm done. Then Aaron did his. You're up. Oh, okay. Yeah, now it's Danny's turn to, to parade his stuff through. Yep. Parade his giant run of shit through that I wish I had. Through you, sir. Through you. Um, I'll start off with the the lamest. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This thing. Oh, uh, another G forty one. Yeah. Because he's a douche. What? Oh, the lame. That's the lamest one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not even involving him right now. A 41, and I got a... The one I did a video on a couple weeks ago, the Belgian... It's a Belgian Army 1924 Mauser. Uh-huh. I got that one. It was pretty uh, It was pretty cheap. Like Oh, that one. I watched the video on that. It was really cool. It's really mm-hmm. weird, right? Because it's a Belgian 1924. So you're thinking like pre-war, early 1924, but it's like, nope. It's, it's a post-war... 
adopted in 1950 and they just called it a 1924 because of an FN like solicitation to buy their model of 1924. But it's a 1930 model. But it's a model 1930 because the 1924 didn't exist anymore like in 1950. FN didn't make it anymore. So FN made the Belgian army the 1930 in 1950 and the Belgian government called it the 1924. There Makes you go. Sense. I mean, I, I totally understand this. Yeah, that's just government logic. Oh, and the, and the funny thing is, too, the Belgian uh, army, they, they issued like a little, uh, you know, like a little instruction booklet to the, to the troops with the rifle. And the picture of like the model 1924 is the old FN 1924. It's not even like their rifle that they were issued. So like the soldier could like look at their booklet and like look at their gun and be like, hey, these look a little different because it's not even... Because they even used the picture of the 1924 in the, in the, in the booklet. So that's just one of those, one of those silly little government things. Um, I got a, a Lee Enfield RIC carbine, the Royal Irish Constabulary. Constabulary. Oh. I always say Stabular. that wrong. I forgot which way. Yeah, okay. Uh, carbine, which is a pretty neat little, pretty neat little guy. I love carbines and I've always wanted one of these. And, uh, I just found too too good of a deal on one. It was like seven fifty, so I was like, "Shut oh, up, man. shut up, and take my money." Yeah, I've seen like the close, the cheapest I've seen one was Mustache Man had one on his like mm-hmm. email list, and it was twelve hundred. I thought real hard about it, and I didn't, and it sold real fast. Um, so when I yeah, when I saw it for seven fifty, and it's all all good, you know, like not messed up or anything. So I was like, "Oh crap, I have to, I have to get that." Um, I got a, uh, I just picked up for my FFL like, uh, like a week ago, a, a type one Viz 35 that I have behind me right here. Hang on. It is, this is a earlier, this is an earlier, uh, type one Viz 35. So is that nine? Yep. It's nine millimeter. So it has on the slide. Uh, P35P um, stamped into it, which is, which is what the, the German designation is. They stopped stamping those on the guns uh, later on. And then also... You got the slide, yep. It's got uh, the slot. Is the barrel blued? No. Okay. No, it's in the white. Um, so I've been looking for an early Type 1 slotted uh, Viz 35 for a while. So I was was really happy to get this one. So now Does I have box even exist. Not really, not really. Um, yeah, I don't. I think. I didn't even know. I mean, they they do. They do. You know, if you like, if one comes up and you want to pay, like you know, four grand or something, something crazy for for these stocks. They're not. You know, they're not like floating around out there, but they do exist. Um, is it a wire or is it actually like wood? It's it's a Woodstock. There's a couple of people making repros now. Of the Viz thirty fives. Yeah, but they're also like in the one to two thousand dollar range for so. a repro. Yeah, some of these stocks, even the reproductions, go go pretty crazy. So I mean, you gotta think about the cost and the time it takes to carve something out like that. Yeah, yeah, and how niche it is. But anywho, so I got a Type One. I already have a Type Two and a Type Three, so I need I have all three so the next thing i need to do is i just need to get an actual polish one i guess um is that uh, all of them 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the two. I mean, there's like variations because there's like little. So there's like uh, with with everything. So like yeah. on the rear, out into the tiniest niche. Yeah. So like there's this like thing that's milled into the top of the slide and behind the rear sight, it's milled out smooth. So like that was done during the type two phase. So there's type yeah, twos so like with various it and, improvements yeah. they made along yeah. the way. Yeah, yeah. And then there's some type ones that aren't slotted. There's 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 lots of little variants. So it just depends on what you want to collect. But yeah, there are the three the three main types and then you know the actual Polish ones. So I guess there's four counting the actual Polish ones, but three Germans. Um three yeah, I have two of the Radoms and both of them are the type ones. One's a pre alpha serial block and one's an a block oh cool cool yeah yeah this one yeah this one is uh yeah no no letter block it's just a four digit serial i have an interesting story about one of those if you want me to interject real quick yeah yeah so this this last weekend um we raised pigs and then we we butchered them and we were walking up to see if there was any critters in the gut pile that we could then take care of because the guy has chickens and there was a bunch of mice running around and he's like hey shoot that mouse and he just pulls his light he just carried a flashlight. He pulls the light up and he points it at the mouse. I'm like, okay. And I was carrying my Vis 35. I pulled out and shot this mouse. Bam! At like four yards. He's like, oh. Shoot this one. I shot three mice with it. And then we went and got rifles and then we shot like 14 mice. Yep. But I did it at 1030 at night like off a flashlight and I hit this mouse and then it was on. Take take that guys who question 9 yeah. millimeter stopping power. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was, was a 32 man, Danny. <laughs> it was just kind yeah. of like it was really fun because the look on his face, he was like, "Oh shit, he did it," you know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he asked you to shoot it. He did, and I did. I obliged him. <laughs> I don't think he thought I could do it right away. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It was fun. So, so uh, the last thing I'll I'll mention here. Is this guy sitting behind me? You probably noticed. This, this is a double-barreled German uh, flare pistol made by Kriegoff. It's a Kriegoff. Yes, this is a Kriegoff, the the little uh, niche Luger maker of of, uh, of World War II. Uh, so Kriegoff got in tight with uh, with the uh, Luftwaffe, you know, with the uh, Ola. Oh my gosh, his name is escaping me right now. Herman Ger- Goring. Goring. Yes, Goring. Ger- I knew it was Goring. a G1. I knew it was a G1. So anywho, he started the, the company started making a bunch of contracts for the for the Luftwaffe of various things. And they made this uh, flare pistol, which is probably like the most like over-engineered flare pistol ever. So it has a left-right selector on the back. So you can either, you know, fire just to the left or the right. And the, the way that operates is this trigger so i don't know if you could tell there's a line in the middle of the trigger because there's two two there's two triggers but the way it works is when you like flip it to the left it just deactivates the right trigger but if you have it selected in the middle then both triggers are active you can shoot both so that was important uh depending on whatever signals i guess there's a you know, it's a certain signal where you send up like a, a green and a red at the same time. And that means something versus just a green or, or versus just a red. And they made these for Luftwaffe ground personnel on airfields or uh, actual like the flight crew 
would take these, you know, and they could they could shoot these out of their planes to, uh, to you know, for communication for various signals or whatever. Um, super weird. Um, it's got like a like a loaded chamber indicator. Um, I'll go ahead and shoot it. It's got a safety here on the side because you don't want it to, uh, you know, go off if you're inside of a plane. And then uh, there's it firing. So say if you had it selected on like one side with a safety off, whenever you open it up by this lever here on the bottom, so it, that lever cocks it, opens it up. Uh, it can, I don't think it auto ejects the, uh, the flares, but it also re-engages the safety and puts this, the uh, like barrel selector back in the middle, all in one thing. It's just like the most overly engineered, complicated flare pistol, double-barreled flare pistol. But like, what else would you expect, I guess, from from Kriegoff, really? Um, anywho, I've I've kind of gotten into flares. Oh, I do have another flare pistol, but it's it's just an LP34. It's a really early LP34. Um, I've just kind of got into these for some reason recently, and I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, so I don't want to bore bore okay, anybody. Definitely funky looking. It is. It it's, looks gigantic too. Yeah. What's yeah, the it's millimeter big. size of the flares? Uh, twenty six point five. Oh, of course, it has to be some weird. I don't know where that came from, but it's twenty six point five. It's uh, they made them post war two. The the Czech military used twenty six point five. The the German military, of course, after World War II, used twenty six point five. So the flares and stuff like that exist, but uh, yeah, it's just. It's just cool. They're weird, and they're non-guns, so like, you know, you can just buy them, and they ship them to you, and are at least in the United States. Are they center fire? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I just I didn't know I didn't I didn't know because I figured you could probably make them rim fire too. They're just like yeah, you could probably, but something that big with the rim diameter that big that'd be a lot of yeah, you I know, primer so. to go around. So yeah, they're center fire, just like a gig big old shotgun shell. Pretty much what they look like, but uh, yeah, they're neat. You know, they're not they're they're gun-like without being a gun. You know, they have like a you know hammers or strikers and triggers, and I kind of like the you know the action where you can kind of pull a lever or push a button and they kind of fly open. Um, I think that's pretty cool. They're just fun to like play with, and you so. can get all kind of flares too. You can get all kind of colors and smoke, and it's. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different options for flares. It's not just like red. Yeah, There's yeah. A bunch of shit you can get. There's like illumination flares that have little parachutes, and they just they light up everything. So you pop one of those off, and boom, it's it's daylight for you know 15 seconds or whatever. If you think buying ammo for a rifle is expensive, one singular parachute flare is like a hundred bucks. They're pretty. They're pretty pricey. I've seen them cheaper than that. Um, there's a seller at my local show. Who has illumination flares in a kit for like fifty dollars? It's like one illumination flare and a few other colors for like fifty dollars. Oh, talk to me later. <laughs> All right. I know a guy that has a flare flares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, if you reenact, then then that's another level too of like fun that a flare pistol could be, you know, because you bring it along and you actually use it like in a, you know, kind of historical context. E. Uh -huh. There we go. I think that's I think that's everything I got. Everything? I can't think of anything so else. Our topic today is gun shows. Gun shows. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh 
where you get the ghost guns, right? Oh yeah, the the loop the loopholes. That's where all the loopholes yeah. are. I'll tell you what, I found a whole lot of great deals at my gun shows. Because all the deals at gun shows are gone Friday before you get there. All the oh, guns that are man, left over with the hot takes. All the guns that are left over are for the plebs. And all of the deals are gone on Friday. And I can say that with confidence because the last time I went to one that wasn't not the one that I bought the stuff off of because it was really small and local. But like the main so, ones. <clears throat> yeah, I'll I'll tell you as a person who's worked at a lot of gun shows. Yes. Uh, but also depends on the show. And so some so some vendors so like for, so like if it's a weekend show like a Saturday and Sunday show there'll be like a Friday evening setup time. Sometimes it's all day Friday. If it's a real big show, it'll be like all day Friday. Like if it's Tulsa, it's Thursday and Friday are both dealer setup days. And dealers will walk around and buy up all the good deals like on on those days. If it's like a smaller local show, sometimes it's just an old guy and I've run into this. This old guy with his old guns he didn't bring it on Friday. You know, he didn't want to come on Friday night after work or whatever, whatever. He brought his stuff in on Saturday morning. So, and he came around opening. And I've run into that before. Like, I've gotten to the show as soon as it opens Saturday morning. And there's a guy sitting out his P-38 and his Lugers and whatever, whatever. And that exists. You know, obviously, it's not, not all the time. But it is it is hit or miss depending on the shows. And a lot of it will get bought up um, on Fridays by vendors. If if it doesn't get bought up on Friday by the vendors, it will get bought up within the first 30 minutes or an hour on Saturday morning, which is my sort of rule about gun shows, which is get there as soon as they open. Uh, and do they have the option to be the dealer entry? Which some of those... Some of those let you do a dealer fee, right? Like you can pay extra to get in the like the day yeah, before. Yeah, I know guys who will buy a table just to get in to get the deals, depending on the show. Uh, you know, they'll get a table. They might not even sell anything. They'll just bring a couple things just to fill up the table or whatever. But they're there just to yeah, just to get in early, just to get in the day before. That's that sort of thing. Um, some guys they they'll just buy a table to do that, and they'll just put like a we buy military surplus and put that on their table and then just talk to people when they come by, put a few like catchy things on the table and then just hopefully try to buy, try to buy more from the general public. Like, when they're Johnson there. Out on the table. Yeah. People do stuff like that. Yeah. They'll put their, put their, you know, whatever catchies. He made another dick joke. We're past that. Oh, okay. We're, we're past the penises. All right. We're moving on. So they, uh, so, so they, uh, any, yeah, so they'll just, they'll put something flashy. Like one guy puts a big, a couple like German helmets that have big swastika decals, you know, on them and, and, uh, just to kind of like get people talking or whatever. And, uh, I could go into a story like that actually does work. He, the guy that does that, he told me like kind of an astounding story of like one of those once in a lifetime deals that he, that he got just from having helmets on his table. So, so that's why he still does. Um, but yeah, you gotta, it's as a, like a member of the general public, like you can't expect to show up at a gun show, like in the afternoon on Saturday and expect there to be great deals there. Uh, cause they're just, yeah, they just won't, 
won't really i mean they could be there but most of them are going to be gone but that really just kind of depends on the show and the market and whatever um, you can show up at 10 o'clock right when it opens but all of the cool stuff is sitting behind tables not for sale because it's already bought sorry i'll die on this hill it really it really tainted me like it happens all the time yeah yeah i'm not going to say that doesn't happen but it also doesn't doesn't happen doesn't happen. I mean, also, no. It's a regional thing too, because I know a lot of the gun shows I've been to have been born as far as military surplus go, both in price and selection. You know, speaking of, I wanted to look up one of the shows. Sorry. This this sparked my you have to look up when this show is thing. And you can continue talking. I'm just Danny, what was uh <laughs> let me see what your notes. Danny wrote down notes. Let's look here. Oh yeah, well uh, the hit or miss aspect. Well, I mean, that's just anywhere you go, right? Yeah, and it's so you could, and it's I want to talk about this for a second too, like you just say the word gun show and most people have like a visceral reaction of like you hate them, you don't want to go to them, they're a waste or whatever, but like the thing is it's just like anything else like you can't just lump gun shows in general into like a category because they're so i mean in in this area there's lots of different types of gun shows and different companies that do gun shows so there's a there's at least three companies that do gun shows in my area and you can kind of tell what the show is going to be like based on the company that does them or based on where it's at so we have like we have a big collector show here once a year missouri valley show and that one's huge, and it's amazing. There's tons of millsurps and everything. That's a great show. Then there's smaller collector shows that's not well advertised. That there's it's much smaller, but it's all good stuff. It's like all military stuff, and those are really good. Uh, and then there's the big, you know, you know, three ninety nine Air Fifteens on sale gun shows with you know purses next to it. Like there are those too. But they're all, all, all of those are quote unquote gun shows. So it's hard to, you know, it's hard to say like, um, you know, like there's a, there's a YouTuber that's in my local area who doesn't like gun shows and he'll go to like one gun show and be like, see, all gun shows suck. And he'll make a video on it or whatever. And I'm just like, okay, fine. You can think that, but like you just went to one gun show this year and it happened to be a crap one. And now you're just saying they're all bad and it's just sort of, you know, anecdotal and uh and honestly like to me i'm not trying to like defend gun shows because like honestly like the more people who don't like gun shows especially in my area if you don't like gun shows good don't don't go and then there'll just be more deals for other people so who's the other guy david call him out I don't know if I want to say his, his channel. Oh, name. you don't want to do it. Okay. I don't right. know. I don't want to like call him out or whatever. But he's a he's a bigger he's got more subs than I do, and, oh. and he makes and he makes yeah he makes gun so show videos right. every now and then. He's more important. Sub count does equal accuracy. Accuracy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let yep. me ask you Let me just ask a question. Hold on. Do people copy his videos all the time? No. Okay, just making sure. No, no. Nobody has any clue what I'm talking about, except if you know, you know. Right, Danny? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
No, it's not him. This guy, like I said, well, that guy's not not in my area. This guy is in my oh, area. This guy's in my area, and uh, a lot of his videos, a lot of his videos, he goes to like a local shop and just like interviews the shop owner and like asks a question about like what are people buying nowadays, and they just talk about that for ten minutes or whatever. It's kind of weird, but then every now and then he does a gun show video, and I'm just like, oh man, but gun show videos do rather well on YouTube. It's kind of odd. Like mine did really well. I didn't understand that was a thing. And part of me like thinks like, oh, I should do that. It'll do well or whatever. But I just can't. I just can't make content for content's sake like that. So I'll do it if I'm like, if I feel moved to or feel like I could add something to it. I can't stand making money. I mean, I don't, I don't do this to make money. I just, I do this because I'm like, I, I have to be. I have to be passionate. Like when I make my gun show video, I was like, I was passionate about like the five don'ts or whatever, you know, like I have to be, when I make a, like a video about a certain like firearm, I have to be passionate about that gun and want to talk about that gun before I make the video. And if I don't feel passionate about the gun, I'll make a video on it. Like I own guns that like I've never made a video on and I just might not feel passionate enough about it to, to make a video. Yeah. So. You still have one of mine. So anyway, uh, Moving on, so so the next part is building building rapport, right? Uh, yeah. This goes into like I said, these people that maybe just show up to like one gun show a year or whatever. Uh, it's it's so I go to these gun shows all the time in this area, and I know a lot of the vendors, right? Like I know a lot of the vendors. I meet them. You know, some of these shows, uh, like around the holidays, for some reason, there's like a gun show like once a month or whatever. So I see these guys pretty pretty often, you know, sometimes a couple times a month or whatever. And, uh, and you you know, doing that for a few years, you do build a rapport with these people. And that helps a lot. They'll give you leads on where to find stuff. They'll tell you people who might have one of whatever you want. Um you know, they'll give you maybe a, a better discount on something than they would just if you were just a Joe Schmo asking, you know, asking about it. So um, I think building rapport is, is very important with gun shows. It's it's also important with like gun shops, you know, going to gun shops and stuff. But uh, and particularly with with gun shows as well. Uh, but that's just, you know, some people don't don't build that. And uh, I think it's an important aspect. But I'm sort of addicted to gun shows and going to gun shows. But I mean, so. you go all the time, Danny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like a thing. I have like, I have severe FOMO if I don't go. So like, I have to go, and I get there as early as I can. And oh, part of like I said earlier with like getting there as soon as it opens. Uh, this gun show this weekend, there was one this past weekend a few days ago. Um, and I couldn't be something with my kid early in the morning or whatever. I ended up getting there like 30 minutes after opening. And I like there's a bunch of deals I missed out on, and I know it because like uh, like I heard people talking about stuff like there's something here and he sold it and whatever whatever and um, it all happened Saturday morning like within the first thirty minutes of the show, so um, yeah, getting there early really does help. Do you blame your boy for that? Are you gonna hold that against him? I would bring oh. that up when he turns. I really oh would. yeah, for the rest of his life, I'm gonna tell him all the all the inconveniences and and everything He's for a huge sure. Disappointment. Yeah, he can for, respect for, his uh, favorite T-shirt. So yeah, well, he did rip your favorite T-shirt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm making a list. 
Yeah, I'm making a list of yeah. all all the grievances. I'll let them. I'll let them check it twice. <laughs> hey, it's Christmas. Christmas hey, uh, I've tied it all together. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Anywho, I, I'm going early. Building a rapport, I think, is a is a really big thing for for gun shows because, like, I've there's been guys there's guys I know, like I've said. And they'll pull stuff out from under the counter and be like, hey, man, check this out. It's like, oh, that's Eat. effing sweet. I want that. And that, I think that that's too. what happened. That, that's what happened with your with your stuff, right, Jared? Uh, well, no. Um, I bought mine off a friend of mine who I've had a long time. It's actually my buddy's dad. So. Okay. I didn't know what all he was bringing. And um, I work with his son. He's, he's a really good friend of mine. And he didn't. He doesn't understand what all this stuff is, so he couldn't tell me beforehand. So he's like, "Just get here when it opens." I'm like, "That's fine." So I and they were like right by the door. It worked out fantastically. So when I walked over to the table, he's like, "Whatever you want, just take it." Like, worry about money later. I'm like, "Okay, I want this, 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 and this." You know, like, <laughs> so. But that's like I could go to the guy's house and do that. I just I didn't know he was selling stuff at this time. So, that's a little different situation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess knowing the vendor helps a lot. And if you don't know them personally, the next best thing is to mm -hmm. keep seeing them at shows. Yeah. I would say, yeah, that's, it's along the same line. It's just, mine's a little different because yeah, yeah, it, it just is. Yeah. Cool. Um, I have had gun stores do that though. So yeah. the same, like along the same lines, like I, I got my, my Chilean Mauser, eighteen ninety five Chilean. Um, I bought, I don't know, like nine guns off this store, and when I walked in, the like I looked at all this stuff, and I'm like, ah, I don't know if I really want any of this stuff. And the guy's like, hold on, and he went back in the back and he brought out this Chilean. It still has fire blue parts, like the floor plate still has fire bluing on it, or not the. Uh, the follower inside the magwell saw his fire blue on it. It's like, okay, I'll buy that. You know, that's that's yeah, really yeah. cool. Yeah, that's a good So I, I have had that in the past. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Um Yeah. Rapport knowing them knowing them really helps. Um so there's a Oh, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. I was going to say, the one thing I will say about gun shows is, in my mind, there's still more chances to get half-decent deals at a gun shows than are on, like, Gun Broker, for example. I'm so, not going to tell you what I just found on Gun Broker, then. <laughs> you, can, you can message me that later. Because I, I am looking on it right now, <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I need this. That's not to say you can't find good deals on Gun Broker, but at yeah. least... At the gun show, it's like okay, I know I don't have to pay tax, and I don't have to pay shipping. Which that's a that's fun. a sizable amount, like mm -hmm. especially that's if true. it's if it's you know it's it's you know relative to the total amount of the gun, but like if it's a like four hundred dollar gun, shipping and whatever ends up being you know twenty percent of the total purchase or whatever you know, but yeah. but if it's uh, yeah that that's a that is a really good plus for uh, for local stuff, but. Also, there's a chance of the seller not knowing what it is and mislabeling it, putting too low of a price on it, 
Um, what's, what's happened to me I've seen at shows is that a seller will have something. He'll put like the average going price that that item is what he thinks, but what he doesn't know is that thing that he has is more special and rare than just the average one. So his price is actually a really good deal because he prices at the average one. So, you know, knowing your stuff too, before you, you know, before you're looking at, at, uh, at whatever it is, is, um, kind of a big, kind of a big plus too, but you know, there's no, no quick and easy way of kind of learning everything you can about certain guns. Um, except for maybe doing research about them, you know, as soon as you, as soon as you see them. But, uh, yeah, you can find that stuff. But like if that item at that show, this hypothetical item was on gun broker, people would probably recognize it and it'd get bit up, you know, high, as high as it should be, you know, or close to, close to retail. So, um, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, I uh, something something personally with uh, with me that I'm kind of finding out recently. So, um, so that with having a kid, the deal is I like to go to gun shows both days because, like, a lot of people talk about gun show deals, right? And I've always said first thing on Saturday morning, that's the best deals. And a lot of other people say this, and I, I you know, I know this too, but. I think it's less so than the early on Saturday thing is late on Sunday because people are packing up, want to leave, and they'll make you the deal. Um, that's not always true. What I what I find is there's far more often the guys that just don't care if they hang on to it for just years or whatever. They want to get this price. That's their price. They don't care if they have to bring it to gun show, to gun show, to gun show for years. They just don't that's, care. That's more of like a, I'm going to buy an AR. Okay. You want to buy this one? Well, I'll give you a little bit less for it so you can go take it home because they got like 30 more of them at home. It works really good for like new stuff. Or for like random junk. It doesn't work for so much for guns, I found. Like random junk works good for random junk. Well, the Sunday, the late on Sunday thing is how I got my 41. It, sometimes it works. But it's... I'm not saying it doesn't... Yeah. Most, yeah. It's, 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 it's a slim... Slim chance. Most of the time it doesn't. But yeah. um Yeah, so there so anywho, so like I, I I was start I was saying all that just to say that I like to go on both days, pretty much. I like to go Sunday, Sunday and Saturday. But now with the kid, the deal my wife and I have is, you know, I'll go on Saturday, she'll watch the kid. But if I go back on Sunday, I gotta take the kid with me. You know, because I kinda get my own time on Saturday and then I take the kid and then she gets her own time on Sunday. And so, uh, so now I, I, I take my kid to the gun show on Sundays, um, whenever I go. So I'll take a little picture of him usually like falling asleep next to like a rifle or whatever, you know, like he'll be in a stroller and then next to the, you know, on the table. And, uh, so that's been kind of like a, an interesting thing that I've been running across. And I noticed that more like people going to gun shows with kids and that's a whole difficult, uh, whole difficult sort of thing. Um, oh, I had my on your topic, right? Yeah, yeah. So that I had this is kind of funny. So that the the flare gun was at the local like collector show, and I had my kid, and he was like done with the stroller, so I was holding him, and I was like, "Look, I'll buy this." I, I knew the guy. I wouldn't do this with like a stranger, but I was like, "I'll buy this, but you have to hold my kid, so like I can get the money and stuff." And so I was like, "Okay." So he like so I handed him, you know, my 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 toddler, and he like is just holds him, and then I, I kind of play with the gun and get my money out and stuff like that. So. It does have add an old a whole different like aspect to it because like you're 
buying a rifle, like a big heavy thing would be much more difficult, you know, with a kid. Um, so if you have like a stroller or something like that, have a stroller where you can like put a, like a rifle, like underneath it sort of thing, like long ways, like pointing forward. Um, just for the, just trying to imagine stroller with a rifle pointing out. Underneath yeah. It. Yeah. If I, I've had to put a, a type, I put a type 38 underneath a, underneath a stroller, like a, a rifle underneath one, my, my stroller, it picks, it stuck pretty far out, but, uh, just kind of, just kind of a weird thing. Um, I don't know if uh, if Aaron, if you if you taken your uh, one of your daughters to a gun show, kind of feel like I already know that. There's answer. not really any in my area anymore. They that don't. That was kind of my my take on the whole thing is that they um, they've kind of stopped doing them. Is that like um, a your state thing, or is that like a your area thing? It's more my area. The the couple of times they did do them. I don't think the turnout was very good hmm. and um the ones in in this state and i'm assuming like the local area because i'm somewhat near indiana kentucky and missouri um it's all done by the same company and they all like travel around uh, yeah. and they do they do invite local people obviously like local businesses to do it but it just it never seemed to draw a huge crowd and it just seems that um, maybe they just didn't make any m enough money from it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the fact that a gun show can happen is like, I'm saying miracles like two is too far, but like it's kind of an am is amazing. It's kind of an amazing like feat that like a gun show exists. And like the if you think about everything that everybody has to go through in order to set up there and you probably don't realize it like if you've never had to like travel with a bunch of guns and set up and pack and whatever whatever like it's a it's a pretty big deal to have to do that and you know with a gun show with like hundreds or thousands of tables and you have a ton of vendors all doing that it's kind of an amazing thing and i think a lot of people just sort of take it for granted that to, that it's just like a show and you go to and there's tables full of stuff but there really is a lot like to go into it. And I mean, even if your local shows just kind of suck, I would say probably like, you know, a bad gun show is better than no gun show. Um, you know, even if you, even if you don't, you don't go and you just don't buy anything, but you could just, you know, talk with people, you know, meet new people, have a place network. that you can talk about. Yeah. You could network. Out. Yeah. Network build rapport, but, but just, I mean, just hang out and talk and just, to have fun with like, uh, you know, with other gun people and stuff. Um, I think that's, you know, that's kind of a cool part of it. And I, you know, I got a lot of comments on my, uh, one of my gun show videos and it's like, people were complaining about like the entry fees, like, oh, it's a waste. You know, that's a, but like people waste money all the time on a lot of, you know, a lot of crap. So like, I don't think like the 10 to $15 fee or whatever to get into a gun show is like, is that huge of like a, of a, like a detriment to people, you know? Cause it's just something to complain about. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it is just, just something to complain about, but I mean, you're paying 10 bucks and if you go there and you're there for like an hour, then it's like, okay, you were entertained at least hopefully mildly for like an hour or whatever. So I don't think it's that, I don't think that's, it's, it's that terrible of a terrible of a thing. And, um, 
you know, the companies, they got to, you know, they have employees and stuff. They got to, they got to pay so they could feed their families or whatever. So I don't think it's that, uh, that big of a deal to have to pay 10 bucks to go to a show. That's probably crap. And but that's just sort of me. Um, ours is 25. Wh- uh, what? That's, that's expensive per person. So when my wife goes with me, it's $50. Well, that them there—that's that's that's nuts. That must be one of those things where they have to do something like that to be actually affordable. Do you know what the table costs are at a show like that? I don't. I don't. Um, I wonder if it's one of those things where they're trying to balance it with the vendors, because usually those places get back a lot of their money from the vendor table prices. Because they'll charge like ninety to like one hundred and twenty bucks or something like that per table to the vendors, um, you know, because they have to, pay, you know, pay their staff, but they also put up billboards and signs all over the place to advertise and whatever. So oh, I follow, and th- it, that one's usually like on the radio too. Like they have radio advertisement, like come to the Monroeville Gun Show. Yeah, yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what you're paying for with that. That twenty five bucks you're paying for those radio ads and stuff. And it might be like twenty two or whatever. I'm not gonna completely split hairs on the actual amount, but it was it was at least over twenty dollars per person. Yeah, see, okay, when you're getting into there, when you're getting twenty dollars plus. That's when it's reasonable to complain about the entry fees. Yeah, especially if you gotta bring somebody with you or whatever, like a household fee or whatever. Like luckily I don't have to pay anything for you know, to bring my bring my little little turd with me. But um Yeah, I think kids are free. Yeah. Or maybe they're half. Kids might be half. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to buy anything, so they should be. Should I will be done, die on this. Close to free. Like. So, uh, Jared, are you sort of uh, negative about gun shows? You, you anti? I'm, I'm not anti gun show. Anti gun show. I'm not anti gun show, but I'm more willing to buy something online than I am willing to go to a gun show because. For the most part, there's not that many gun shows around me. And the ones that are, I can't speak to the one because I can't go to it because I got an event. But uh, the ones that are, it's all black rifles, all things that are not um, guns. So like tasers and fudge and chocolates and whatever. Oh, yeah, I got to love the random. Uh, yeah, random crap. I hate that. Oh, my God. The loud tasers. Yeah. Yeah. How loud it is. Um, and then ammo and then there's usually like two to three tables of mill serps. That's it. And then the rest, there's a lot of tables there. There's like, you spend two hours walking around this place. There's a lot of stuff there. Right. So I just, and I realize that there's something there for everyone. And that, that I'm cool with um, because, like, Casey can come with me and she doesn't necessarily care about all the things that I care about, but she can find stuff that she wants to see, too. So that's cool, but, like, it just gets old. Like, to me, I'm sorry, I don't want to go and see your overpriced 9mm for the thousandth time. I don't want to have a guy try to force me to buy a set of primers for $15 for 100 or $20 for 100 What the frick, man? How like, is he trying to do it? How's he trying to force you to buy this? It was really funny because it was like, I bought brass because the brass was really cheap. I'll be right back. Oh, okay. I bought brass because the brass was really cheap. 
And he's like, do you need components? I'm like, I probably don't want to pay the price that you want for the components. Like, I'm just going to tell you that right now. And it might have been $30 for 100 It was at least 20 or 30 And he's like, oh, no, no, no. And then, so he's like, here. And he's like, it was the, it was $30. And he hands me like a pack of 100 primers. Or he's like, hey, he's like these are 30 bucks. I'm like, I won't pay that. But, and he got offended that I wouldn't pay his price. I'm like, I, I was like, I don't want them. You cannot. That's there's no way you need these. I'm like, I, I, I'm good, sir. Like, I'll wait. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, so was he you being know? serious or was he just being a bad salesperson? Because like, like salesmanship kind of plays into some of the, some of those guys more than others. I okay. don't really know. I, I kind of quit listening when he said thirty dollars for a pack of hundred primers. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, I don't, I don't care. Like, um, hmm. and I realized supply and demand. Like, I understand economics. I'm not. And at the time, because this was like 2020, so like they may have been going for that, and I completely understand and respect the fact that they may have been going for that at this time. But I'm not willing to pay your price. Ah, sorry. And I may have laughed in his face. Sorry, but that's ridiculous like so yeah i don't know they're really weird for me it seems like you go for me where where you go to them all the time and they're they're all decent would that be a good word that you would use is they're they're at least all decent and worth your time where you see some stuff and it's really cool and all that for me here one a year would be decent and there's like six. So it's almost a, a waste for me to go there when I can go on Gunbroker and look once a week and find a deal at least once a month. So that is my thoughts. Yeah. I wonder how, if that would be a lot different if they were more often in your area. You know what I mean? Because they mm -hmm. seem to be they seem to be pretty often here in this area. So, I, well, you, you're more like local centralized between several different places that have them, mm -hmm. and it might just be that I'm not. I'm not really sure because there just doesn't seem to be that many around me, and maybe I'm just missing them. It's entirely possible because there were two different companies that were doing them at one time as well. Yeah, and I would still stand by my. I've I've bought more guns on deals from the internet or from stores than I have at guns gun shows. Mm. Or from I've like still, friends. I've still have gotten way better deals at gun shows than I have mm -mm. any other places, but um I've gone a lot of different places. I think I think it just might be where you're from. Now Steven it probably is. Steven, uh do you go to gun shows a lot and you're you're part of Texas? I did pre-COVID, post-COVID, I honestly haven't gone to that many. It's it's weird in my area, right? So if you're in like Dallas, Dallas has a lot of big gun shows. And there I'd say it's if you're going to one of the collector shows, you can find a good bit of stuff at a decent price. Um I tend to be more picky. So it isn't necessarily that I haven't seen stuff at a good price, it's just I'm not interested in it. Um mm -hmm. Hmm. But there's more often than not a lot of the shows I've been to 
it's kind of like you know your typical a lot of black guns, a lot of you know the tasers. German beer steins are very common at the Dallas gun shows. Huh? Not really sure why. Well, it's a there's a large population of Germans in Texas. Yes, this is true. Um, and then in my area in Waco, there's honestly not a lot of gun shows. I think there's like two, I guess I would say normal gun shows a year. And there is one collector show. Uh, but when they say collector or historic, they mean like really historic, like civil war historic. And I really don't have any interest in that era of firearms. So, you know, I went there and I mean, all like 40 tables were all civil war stuff. I'm like, okay, well, this is just a complete waste of time for me. But yeah, uh, I heard yeah. the ATF had a fire sale where you're from a while back. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, good old ATF. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they just set fire to stuff. The as far as what I've actually bought, I, it's kind of evenly split. I've I found a few good deals at gun shows. My my uh, I found a really good Persian Mauser. Um, at a gun show, it was pretty clean, pretty reasonable. I think when I bought it, it was seven hundred bucks. Um, and one of the M ones I have, I actually bought at a gun show, and it wasn't exorbitantly more expensive than getting it through the CMP, and it had a V uh, Danish barrel in it. So I'm like, okay, well, just for the fact that it has the Danish barrel lens, that's fine. I think the guy wanted like eight fifty or nine hundred for it, so that wasn't that wasn't terrible. And then my K ninety eight. I mean, there's been a few things like on Gunbroker as well, right? I, I think I got one of my SMLEs for 400 bucks on Gunbroker. Um, and it was clean. Like, it's a very clean SMLE. And it's all matching, like original matching. It wasn't, like, reworked and stuff later. So it's 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 been, I'd say, probably more hit and miss for me. Uh, not, not to the point where it's like I see no good deals at all. Um, now, for the stuff I'm interested in, it's it's a bit more yeah okay i'm probably not gonna find stuff like i like german stuff and surprisingly k98s are not super common at a lot of the gun shows i've been to um and yeah. neither are finnish rifles i'm i'm a big finnish mosin guy and it's very difficult to find finnish stuff at the gun shows i've been to so if you like finnish or german it's kind of hard. I mean, I did re remember seeing a Russian capture somebody wanted 1200 for, and I was like, no. Abs absolutely not. Um, yeah. That wasn't even, like, a good condition Russian capture either. It was, like, looked like it had been, you know, dragged in the dirt for a little bit Russian capture. So I don't I don't see too much ger German to finish stuff either. I think it just it sells. Yeah. I think that's why. It sells, or they sold it somewhere else before they even brought it to the show. Yeah, it's the stuff that's like not super sought after that tends to be at shows I've noticed. Yeah, yeah, the thing I do see a lot of is M1s and I and surprisingly the M1s are not that expensive. Um they tend to hover in between, you know, like the 800 to $1100 range. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um that has always kind of surprised me. I mean, I I I have a couple of M1s, so it's not like I'm looking to get one and if I want to buy one honestly, I'll just go through the CMP, but but still, it's certainly not a bad price for M1, and that's that's been pretty consistent at the shows I've been to. I mean, you get your okay. I'm selling this for eighteen hundred dollars, but 
but I've seen many an M1 hover right around the $900 to $1,000 range. Um, That's really so good. The last, yeah, the last country I went to, I saw like six or seven M1s right smack in the middle of the $900 to $1,000 mark. So, so if you guys want an M1, go to Texas. Yeah. You know, I've noticed M1s like over the last 10 years haven't really gone up in price like a whole lot. Like what I paid yeah. for mine, like I don't know how long, like fifteen years ago or whatever. Like they're about that now. Like it's a, it's appreciated a little bit, but like not a ton. Like not compared to like my I'll German stuff. What's that up I've had is that the long. M1 carbines. Oh my god! Yep. Yeah. That's what carbines have shot through the roof. Accelerated. Uh, but yeah, you're right, and I'm wondering if it's because Danny, they, um, the CMP was still like you can still buy them from the CMP. So like it's kind of kept the price depressed because like yeah yeah I think the CMP yeah like, unless unless you have like a like a specific model or like year or maker or whatever yeah you know, yeah or like a special serial just yeah somebody, generic yeah. mixed parts post war whatever like yeah pretty pretty prices kind of flatlined specific guns like all correct lock bar sites and all that stuff you know of course those yeah. are up there. Um, but well, yeah, those were always up there. Yeah, yeah, those have kind of always been high, and it seems like they just kind of have stayed high. But uh, yeah, that's just what you're it's, right. I've, I've not, I've not seen like since I started collecting, which was 2011. Uh, wow. Okay, yeah, 2011. Um, the the prices of the M1s have not moved a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And there's there's vendors at shows that have the same exact M1s like for years. And I'll just see it and I'm like, oh yeah, it's that one. And oh yeah, it's that one. And it's because they they think theirs is special and is worth two grand or whatever. And it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Um, I think in my area, if an M1 is less than 1200, it will sell. Uh, I don't. I don't see too many under under twelve hundred for sale that long. They seem to seem to sell pretty fast. Um, oh, there's these there's these guys here that they have a few M1s and they have some other guns. Like they have a Venezuelan FN49, and they've had it for years. That FN49 because I want one, right? And like it doesn't sell, but they'll keep like whiting out the price tag and increasing the price. Like every like year or something, they like up it like a hundred dollars. So now it was, I think it was like sixteen ninety five. That's what they wanted. So they just, they just. That's how that's how the market works, Danny. When something doesn't sell, you increase the price. I know, and I really want to ask them, but that's those are the the guys that they don't they don't take that Sunday deal. They wouldn't be able to make you a deal on Sunday because they have to sell it. Like no, they don't they don't mind carrying that gun around for for you know for years. They're also the guys where it's like I know what I have type mentality. Yeah, I have run into those people a lot at gun shows, and it's quite aggravating, honestly. <laughs> yeah, well, the, yeah, the, I know what I got, and then the uh, sometimes like the the I'll I don't mind if I take this home or whatever. Like I've kind of been there. I'm like I could sell or not. Like I don't really care, but uh, but also like. Yeah, some people they they honestly, f 
falsely they think something is like they're not just saying this is worth two grand my n1 grand is worth two grand they don't just are not just saying it. they actually think it really is for some reason they saw one on gun broker at some time sell for that much or they heard from somebody or, or they saw it in a shop or they paid close to that for it they overpaid for it and so now like that's it that's it sonny you know so uh yeah that's sort of a that's sort of a thing yeah um so i have a couple couple questions here for you guys and i, I would like us to uh to answer this sort of a round round robin one at a time or whatever um what is a perfect gun show to you what would be a perfect gun show this is going to be kind of slanted you know because we're milserp guys but uh If anybody wants to answer that, just feel free to jump in. I can tell you from my experiences, I would really prefer it if if they're going to sell other products that are not military or not military necessarily, but like firearm related, non-firearm related products, that it's either not allowed or it's in a separate part of the building. And it's like, Obviously, those are there for people that are not interested in the firearms. I get it. I get it. But, like, this is annoying. Or, like, the last row. Like, the... like Yeah. In a, yeah. So they're it's still like, in the like hall. Like a, but just, like a yeah, separate give them their own space. That's what, yeah. that's what the, the shows around here do. That, yeah. Well, I, at least in my area, the shows that I've been to in my area that before they got removed... Cause this was pre pre COVID. They got taken out. They just they just didn't make the money, but they they it was just random, and it was it was like whoever bought the table, you bought that table. They didn't set, assign a table or something. That's what like they do that. here. So it's like it's just random. It's whatever table you bought. That's the table you get. And uh, so it was like you know okay. There's the in the corner. There's the guy with the loud ass. Um, uh, stun guns every couple seconds showing them off to random dumb asses that it make eye contact with them. Um, and then you have the guy selling, you know, purses or the, the lady selling purses or the people selling, you know, candles or, or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, it's, you know, local crafts or whatever. I understand those are there for people that are not necessarily interested in firearms or firearm related stuff. Um, and then, then you also had, but then, then you get the weird thing too. So I don't, I get it, but also I, I found it super annoying is the, the people that would have a firearms display that was stuff for sale, but then they had like the whole table was just those glass cases and it's full of random shit. And it's not full of necessarily firearm stuff. It's like random antiques. Yeah. And it's like, what? what is this? It's not yeah. an antique show. Like, it's not... Some of it was firearms related, but it was just, like, packed full of just random stuff. It's something they found interesting one day, and they're like, yeah, just throw it in the case. Here's a fossilized vertebra. But I, I saw that this weekend, yeah. I, I was, yeah, so I'm just like... That's the thing that annoys me, and that's just that's just from my personal experience. Um, 
I don't know. Guns that are thing. not for sale. Oh, well, yeah. if it's a display, like... I don't care. You're at a show to sell shit. Sell shit. Like... But, I mean, well, that's, that's like Danny's thing about talking about he, he's there to buy, so he's there to draw people in. You know? I don't mind that as much. I don't like gun shops that do that. Yeah, it's I don't like gun shops. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a much bigger thing for me because it is a gun show, right? So you're showing right. your guns. That's that's what I've that's what I've heard people say. But like yeah. a gun store to just be showing and not selling, that's a lot more annoying to me. It's um, a museum. If it's but like <laughs> if the gun is like back up whatever and like it's not for sale, that's a thing. But if like they're not for sales are like mixed in and like not yeah. labeled, that's what I mean. That okay. yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah. Mm. yeah, that's that's aggravating because I've seen that a lot too. Where it's like they'll have it on the table. Oh, by the way, that's not for sale. It's like, well, why is it on the table then? At least like put it behind you. Yeah, if it's or make it display, very clear, right? Yeah. Like put a sign there for display only or something. Yeah, so it's just there. Like Danny would bring a Johnson and put it up, like, and then it would be on display, right? Yeah, it I put my Johnson like, on display at gun shows. Exactly, yeah. but you wouldn't just throw it on mm. the table. Nobody would be. Everybody would be if like, it's, Whoa. if it's like too heavy to hold, sometimes it's nice to just kind of put it on the table, right? For, the, for like but, for my back, but it doesn't sit nicely on the table. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. not. It's not even. It's just kind of flop there, and yeah. Yeah, exactly. But Jared's if it's trying not to smile. <laughs> No, I'm trying to answer the question, and I'm, I think I, I think I can. Uh, I, I think the, well, I'm gonna do one more thing, and then I'll, and I'll, and I'll get off my soapbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, I also really don't like people that don't label anything, and you have to ask them. Because I hate talking to people. I really and, do. I totally and, agree. What is the and, price for this shit? And it's just like. I know what it is. I know how much I'm wanting to pay, but I don't, I don't. Uh, and then, so, and this is like the standard gun show thing, gun, gun store thing too, where it's just like the, they have like the guy that knows the shit is never in the booth. And they have like the, the wife or the grandmother or the mother or the random ass friend. And he's like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I run into that all the time. But like five percent of the time, you can get a deal that way, and I've I've gotten a deal that way. You mean rip somebody off? <laughs> no, no, no I pay. Even, I pay. I pay the price that the person in charge of the table tells me for the item. That is not ripping them off. That is taking advantage of an idiot. If right, a person is standing behind the table and says, this is this much money, and I give them that much money for the item, it's not ripping them off. Right? You're giving them what they want. Was and it an older woman? woman? If it's, if, uh, you know what? I'm not ageist or sexist. So uh, if the person of any age or whatever uh, tells me a price, I'm going to, I'm just going to uh, accept, you know, accept that that is the price, and I'll pay it or not pay it. And, uh, so, so you can get, I'm just saying you can get deals that way. It is annoying when they're like, uh, and I've done this before. So like I, I'll set up with other people and it'll be three of us as stuff on the table. And like mm -hmm. one person didn't label all their stuff before they walked around the show. Cause they want to find some deals. 
And then somebody's like, how much is this? And they don't really care. They're just curious. And I'm like, sorry, I don't know. This guy's gone. I can, I can ask him when he comes back later. You know, there's that sort of thing. Having like my parents did, they sold furniture and they did shows. Everything is fucking labeled. It's just, it should be not difficult. It should be. And if your stuff isn't labeled, you run the risk of your mom or grandma selling it for dirt cheap. Or your friend that doesn't know anything about whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the risk of putting the wrong person in charge or not labeling your stuff. I would say to answer the actual, the question of what is, I feel like Aaron just did pet peeves. I feel like you did gun show pet peeves. But this is like, like but this fixes point. the problems that you want. You want a perfect one, then don't do this shit. I I agree with everything that he has said too. So I was trying not to take the things that he said. Yeah, I don't have any fundamental disagreements. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. So in to me, taking everything he said into consideration, a decent show would be when you go there. The th- there are things that you want. It doesn't matter if it's one or a hundred, as long as it's worth the price of admission. Because the price of admission around here is ridiculous. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna drop fifty bucks to get into this fucking joint. It better have something. One thing, just one, and that one thing cannot be three times the amount of money that it's worth. That that at least makes it. Where there was something to look at, I don't. I okay. don't think I'd go. I, I don't. That's the I've, thing. I haven't been. Bucks, like I wouldn't go. I haven't been. So that risk there has to be, ratio is too high. It, it has to be worth the price of admission. Yeah, and I think and I think they're fourteen bucks here. Yeah. See, that would be. I would. I would pay yeah, that. Mine, mine are well. like ten, ten yeah. to fifteen. I think enjoy when it. When ours was and, there, when ours was running, it was fifteen. It, per enjoy that. And it was cheaper for a child, obviously, but like you, you don't you take advantage of that. Like you don't realize how bad it can be. Okay? Enjoy it. Yeah. I mean So it has to be worth the price of admission. It would be nice if there was something that was left to buy because most of the things are gone at opening like we're waiting in line to get in. So there's at least something interesting to buy and no one talks to me because I hate people. That's so funny, man. See, I don't mind. I don't mind talking to people, dude. Right, I'm like, I'm like a social butterfly at gun shows, man. Like, I'll talk to uh, everybody. Like, I, and, and oh, and I don't want to be solicited for dumb shit. That is one of my pet peeves. If I kind of wish I put gun show pet peeves on the list, maybe we should just talk about I mean, them. We've done a whole. Because I feel like that's what we're doing now. We did a whole podcast on it originally. We did do a whole podcast on that. Oh yeah, but but. Like that would to me would be the thing. Like I want it to be worth the price of admission. So there's like things to look at, even if I don't want to buy them. Like even if there's a whole table of something that I don't want to buy or that I already have and I don't really care. Like ninety one thirties. I have four ninety one thirties. I don't need any more. Like I've got to finish one. I got all the ones I need. Right. If there's a whole table of ninety one thirty, you know what? At least I can see some ninety one thirties. You know. I don't understand like, this uh, concept you're pushing here. Of you only have four, you don't need any more. I don't. I, I don't actually found that. three uh, Austrian rifles that I want to talk to you after this podcast about because I think two of them are actually kind of cool, and I would like your advice on them. Two, anyways, all three, all three. 
are cool. Yeah. You just gotta bend that. Um, but yeah, worth the price of admission. Um, there's at least something to look at. Um, even if I don't you, buy anything, it's cool if I do, and but if I don't, that's okay. And no one talks to me, and no one solicits me for. Do you guys shit. get you pour, the? You pour, do you guys get the like? I I've done this a couple times actually. Uh, when I I'd go there and spend the money to get in, and then we're like, well, shit, I gotta buy something. Have you done <laughs> that? You. Uh, no. Yeah, I've done that. I've done every yeah, single okay. show. Every single show I go to, I'm like, I need. I have to buy something, and I'll walk around trying to find like something that here. I want. Like I spent the money. I'd, I'd, and like, dude, last weekend I bought nothing. I paid 14 bucks to get in. I spent no money at the at the show. There's a few like interesting things, like, but I'm not like super into. Like, there's a really nice in the box, you know, Walther P1, like German military P1, and it was like 600 bucks. It's like that's cool, but decent price. I don't think I wanted it. If I happened to want a P1, that I bought it and that would have made the show for me. But I just didn't really want it. Like I'm, I'm in this like really picky phase. Uh, but like you, you poor guy. So like I'm asking like, what's your perfect gun show? And you guys are just saying like a gun show that doesn't suck is, is yeah, the perfect yeah. gun. Show. Yes, I feel like you guys. That's what I want. You guys are like the abused like person who's just like the perfect date. Just don't beat me. <laughs> I, I just two wanna... hours to one. I drove yeah. two hours to one that had no military stuff. What's yeah, I've not had that experience. That's not been ripped off that badly. I have, dude. I, I drove it, two it, hours to one, paid twenty bucks to get in, and had they had thirty fucking tables, and it was oh. supposed to be the big show of the year, and there was nobody there. And that's the that's the time, Danny. I went to the the I happened to go to the local store. You remember this? And they had a guy had sold his collection, and it was all like oh. early World War One, uh -huh. pre World War One stuff. Okay. And it was just hundreds of guns, and that's where I got the uh, the Vigero. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's when you send me pictures of like a table with stuff on it. That's more than I've seen sometimes. Oh, really? So, in reality, what I want is a show that doesn't suck. That's all I want. That's all I'm asking. If I had two of the five things I listed, I'd be happy. Shit. It's, it's kind of Shit. funny because the way the Discord is set up on my screen, it's I'm right under Daniel. So, it's like, okay, my half of the screen's either pretty good or at least yeah. solidly mediocre. You're and then the other half of the screen is just like, <laughs> this is terrible. Mine's the same way. And I can't speak to there is the there is the Washington show which I I can't go to because I have an event, but I I did want to go to it and the Washington show was really cool the one time that I went to it and I've been meaning to go back but it just seems like there's always something that I cannot walk away from that's going on, um, but the the two that were around me and it's two different companies, like two different things. Oh uh, yeah, to me that they're just not. It's just not worth it. Like, but maybe that one is, and I got to give that one a try. And to be, I'm going to give it a try. Like, to be fair, I'm going to do that. Jared, I forgot what state are you in? Pennsylvania. Okay. PA, as it's known locally. Hmm. Yeah. And comically, I actually met the one time I met one of the the uh, listeners was at the Monroeville Gun Show. I got recognized at the Monroeville Gun Show. Like. 
I bought a rifle off of him because he was cool. He had a Carcano that I needed. Well, see, and I explained this to people in the past too about Illinois gun shows when they were running is Illinois doesn't allow uh, hunting with rifles. So how are you supposed to hunt? Shotguns. That's it. There's only you jump fear. out and go boo, and hopefully, yeah. yeah. So there's no there's no rifle hunting. So at shows, it's handguns, shotguns, ARs. That's it. Because that's the market, and that mm -hmm. makes sense. Because that's what people are buying. Because that's what they're going to be using most of the time in this area, and especially when uh, they uh, uh, enforced concealed carry being a thing when that was like, uh, being, what was that? The Bruin decision a few months ago. Yeah. That no, 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 no. Where, where they were, cause Illinois didn't allow concealed carry and they struck it down. This was years ago, oh. years, years, years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know which I know what it, it's, it was the, like in the mid nineties or something like that. Right. Nineties, early two thousands. It was a court decision. It, it was the two thousands. Uh, because I remember this happening and it was like all of the stores around here were suddenly like concealed carry training facilities. And so it became a huge fucking deal to sell handguns in Illinois because all of a sudden there was a market because concealed carry was legal after you became certified. And it was like every show was just 90% handguns, some shotguns, maybe some ARs and whatever random crap they had. So yeah, I'm on the team Jared bitterness team. <laughs> hate and uh, discontent. We're team hate and discontent. I'm I, I'm telling you, every show I've ever been to has sucked balls. I think Although, it's a McDonald versus City of Chicago. I think is the decision you're oh, okay, making, right? Yeah. But uh, the the only time I ever considered buying something like a rifle was a Swedish Mauser. And I didn't get it. You, you were mad. You, you. I, I was talking to you about it, Danny, and you got really mad at me. I Why think it was the thirty-eight, dude? If you would have bought that Swede, uh, you would be a Swede collector now. You wouldn't have gotten so I, heavily I, into M ninety fives. Who knows? And you'd actually have guns that were worth something if you would have done that and had Swedes, you know. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll be right back. I'll tell you. I'll show you what I bought at that auction, and that's the last thing I bought at a gun. Or not an auction at, at a gun show. I'll be right back. Okay. So the last suite I bought was actually from a gun store, and the store is known for um, being very outlandish with their prices. Funny. And um. But they had an M thirty eight. Well, it was okay. It was an M ninety six thirty eight. It was an it was an M ninety six that was converted to an M thirty eight, and it was an Obendorf gun, and they sold it for five hundred bucks. Surprise! And and I did not pass that one up. Yeah, yeah. that's a good price. That's yeah, really good price. I yeah. Sorry, I I realize I'm I'm quite bitter on this, but it's I'm bitter on it because I've been turned bitter. I didn't start that way. Young me was always at the gun shows. He loved it. He was there. He was, people were talking to him, and he didn't necessarily hate them. He did, but not as bitterly now. And then it just, over time, it, like, wore down on me. You know what I mean? 
Like this is yeah. this is me now. Not if you if we had talked five years ago. Oh yeah, I was going. You know, I know when all they were. Mm. And yeah, now here, dude, here in Kansas City, the gun shows are way better than they were in North Florida, where like where I grew up going to shows. These are way way better. Um, these and aren't like the best they, gun shows in the country that I've been to, but yeah. If they were better, I would go. Like that's that's the thing. Like if they had the things that mm. I wanted. I would even if they had a couple of them, I would go. I went to a gun but, show in Pennsylvania one time. Which one? I was uh, I was in New Jersey and I drove across the 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 border to to Pennsylvania. That answers the question to you. It was a big city. It was Philly. And and was it uh, Philly or was it Allentowns? Because Allentowns is big and good, and apparently, like the the ones that are out east are. Philly. Like supposed to be good. It just but, I but I just happened I just happened to see that there was a gun show in Philly that weekend. I wasn't working that weekend. Um, I was supposed to be working, but we weren't for some reason. So I just I drove over to Philly and I went to the went to the gun show. And um, yeah, there's some cool. Th- but I was it's, you know I was working in New Jersey, so like that's uh, definitely not a free state. So I couldn't buy anything and like bring it back to Jersey. So like I was super limited with what I could actually do. Because if I found, so if I like found a gun that I bought, wanted to buy there, I'd have to like go to like a gun shop and have them like send it back for me or whatever before I yeah. go back to Jersey. So that's like a, that was like a whole thing too. But um, yeah. like there's, the one- there's like good deals on like high cap mags or something. There's like AK mags or something there that was actually good. And I was like, oh crap, like I kind of want those, but it's like, no, no way working in, yeah. working in New Jersey. Said so the ones out east are supposed to be really good, but we don't we don't go there. That's like the Lion King meme. Like over there is Philly. We don't we don't go there. Like, well, they got the they got the the cheesy steak sandwiches there. Don't care though. Don't care. Don't go there. They're cheesy and I've, meaty. <laughs> I've been to Philly twice now, and I've never been in a city where I've experienced more road rage than when I was in Philly. Drive with me anywhere. <laughs> like I remember, we were, in, <laughs> we, we were driving, and this one person in front of us they they try to, you know, do the insurance scam thing where it's like they're in front of you, and then they just stop and back up to try to say, "Oh, you hit me," at five lights in a row, and it's like, "Sir, did this the last four lights? I wasn't going to hit you then. Not going to hit you now." <laughs> Um, he almost hit somebody else in the process too. It was actually quite funny to look at the surprise on my face. <laughs> yeah, none. Yeah, I, I, there's, there's a, there's, there's rules. I don't know. It's, and I know Danny's like really willing to travel. I'm not as much. I I will travel to shows. I've traveled before kids. I traveled all the time. I would just oh weekends coming up. I'll I'll drive two three hours to a gun show. On like Saturday, and those those shows I would find I would find some deals like doing that all the time, you know, going to like a a gun show, you know, every single weekend because like in my area, you know, if I was if you're willing to drive a couple hours, like there's a bunch of different states, and you can go to a gun show just about every weekend, and I would just do that, and, and weekend after weekend, you know, you strike out. That's a crap show, crap show. Oh, good show, I got a good deal, crap show, good deal, you know, so. Two or three hours from me is actually not that far. It'd be like Cleveland. 
and Youngstown, and that's it. Dude, I would, I would just, I'd do that. I would do that. No, no, like, kid, no kids me in a heartbeat. I would go. Maybe Fairmont. Fairmont would be two hours away. West Virginia. And that's it. That's that's the big states or the big cities. They're like the the you would yeah, expect do it, something like that to happen. Bring your bring your but, fake FFL and uh, go to those shows. Yeah, because I can. Some, yeah, <laughs> that's what. Yeah, man, I would do that all the time. Yeah, I just people who say CNR is not a real FFL. It's like yes, it is. <laughs> I gotta renew mine. Uh-huh. I have to like, but I have to renew it. Why don't you just let it expire and then get a new one? Yeah, then you can just throw away the, the uh, logbook. Logbook. What a weird, weird way of doing things. I bet that won't last for very long. I'm just gonna renew it. Nah, nobody gives a shit, Danny. <laughs> it's not real, anyways. No, no. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna be serious. Even the people that are into guns don't know that exists. That's so true. <laughs> I mean, it's just like that. That is not going away hmm. unless it gets wrapped up into some other kind of legislation, but nothing's going to single that out specifically. Mm-mm. I couldn't I find it. I think I already gave it to Sam. It was a box of uh, uh, seven, what's the 7.35 uh, Italian ammo? 7.35. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was a box of 7.35 Italian ammo in the cardboard with the the canvas still wrapped around it. That was the last thing I bought at a gun show. That is the only true 30 cal ammo. It's mm-hmm. 0. 0.300. I did, I did find a half dollar. Oh, there you go. There's like a shitload of guys selling fucking silver coins. Coins, yes. I know, gun right? shows. Silver coins. <laughs> I mean, like, I see so many coin tables at shows. Like, there's at least... There's at least like four at the last show, I'm pretty sure. Gold, coin, gold and silver. The one yeah. I don't understand, but I can respect is ammunition. Collect the collectible ammunition. Like the guys that have the huge boards, like a whole table worth of boards, uh, and it has like singular like rounds of ammunition in it. I beca- And the reason that I say that like I don't, I can respect it because it's gun related. But I don't understand it because how much of that do you have to sell to make the price of the table worth it? That's what I want to know. Is this logistically set? Like, although those guys don't do that to make money. Yeah, no. Okay. There's no. There's that's no way. Obvious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's fine. That's, that's doing it. They just sell it for up. the love of the game. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, he's kind of like in between. He's like in between the guys that like sets up, doesn't sell anything, and just tries to buy. And then he just sets up. He's just still sell a couple things, be a conversation starter, you know that sort of thing. Sell like people. So that's some of it, I guess. That yeah. makes sense. I Steve, just and again, I respect those guys. Stephen, did you say what you would, what your perfect one would be? Not quite. We're we're about to get there now, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I probably bounce off Jared. Like if I go to a gun show, I just want there to be stuff that I like, right? Um, if I can be entertained and find stuff that I can enjoy, then that'd be fine. And preferably all the non-gun related stuff be in one area. Um, and it can stay in its area and that's fine. Um, but I'm a, I'm a big World War II guy. So, I mean, black guns don't, don't interest me at, at all. Um, 
But if I can go to a show and find at least a decent amount of historical stuff that I can, I can at least look at. It's like okay, that was, that was that was worth my time. Um, I would prefer there to be a good selection of militaria too, because I, that's the one non-gun related thing I can see being at a gun show and actually making sense. Uh, but that's just a me thing. Um, I know most people are probably not as much into the military aspect as I am, but if I can have a good selection of military and stuff that is in my field of interest, then I'm I'm happy. And preferably not at some exorbitant, you know, oh, here's a Russian capture for $1,500. Hmm. Yeah. Type so. deal. <clears throat> yeah. I'm, I'm actually hoping that a lot of people live in this area and they tell me that it's gotten better. Maybe I'll go. <laughs> I bet not. I, yeah, I think you just might have to travel, man. Just travel, a, just travel a couple miles, like you know, a couple hours outside of your, you know, your area <clears throat> to like a bigger city or whatever. Like you said, Cleveland is a couple hours away. Let's talk about logistics for a second, and then you can do yours. My vehicle gets twenty miles to the gallon, all right, and then it's the turnpike to Cleveland, so it's going to cost me around a hundred and some dollars to get there, or I can sit at home on Gunbroker for free. How much is the tollway over there? Good lord. Uh, well, it's at least $15 to get from Ohio back into PA. It's, it's free to get from PA into Ohio. It's weird. I don't know. And then, okay. yeah. I'm going to do this. Expensive. I'm going to do this math real quick. <clears throat> so, what is that like? Uh, how many miles is that about? Like 100 you know miles? 100 miles? Something like that if it's two hours? That's oh, more than right. that, buddy. Here. I'll pull it up on Google Maps. Okay. It's it'll let's, be easy that way. Let's let's do this. So from your place to it's two hours and seventeen minutes. All right. How many miles? Um, I, I live in I live in PA. We do things by time. No, but how many uh, miles? I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out your mileage. Uh, it's a hundred and thirty-two. I just did Cleveland. I didn't do anything with specific. Okay, so one hundred and thirty-two times two, right? Each way. So you got mm -hmm. two, 264 miles divided by 20. That's 13.2 gallons. So mm -hmm. say, uh, so say, yeah, uh, I don't know what gas gallon. is up there. It's four dollars a gallon. Is it really four dollars up there right now? It's like three seventy-five. Oh, I've seen it three eighty-five. That's four. So it's, it's four dollars a fucking gallon. I round three plus. It's it's two thirty here where I'm at. Yeah. Well, why don't you set, put some in a fucking garbage bag and ship it to me then? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, oh, what's it like living say? on the oil fields? Oh, yeah, uh, it's a gas patch, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so three, and then it's uh, three seventy-five. You said, yeah. Okay, that's forty-nine dollars and fifty cents of gas. Okay, and then it's it's uh five. It's six dollars in tolls to go there, but it's going to be an additional ten, six dollars to come back, plus the ten dollars or fifteen dollars it costs to get into the state. Uh, don't forget to feed him. Yeah. You got to feed Would him you... too. Are you just counting everything? Like No, this is a day. This is this would be a whole day because it's Would you not would you not would you not eat normally Damn. that day? Hold on. Man. Anyway. This is this is you have the opportunity to go to places like really close to you, Danny. Yeah. I don't. The, no, like, like I was just saying, I travel hours. Like I'll travel I'll travel like 
two, three hours up to like Iowa and go to a show or like Nebraska right. or well, Kansas. Are you Take not including the, the cost of your hotel in the visitation to no. that gun show? No. That's why. That's an expense. No, because the, the, the hotel was free. So I don't, I don't. Oh, I'm sorry. Because you have free mileage or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Credit card, credit card points. Yeah. Well, I don't have that. That's, yeah. So like it's going to cost me. $75 plus the admission plus admission for the wife, right? Because if she's because she's gonna come with me because I want her to come. So it's gonna be a hundred dollars for me to go there on a chance. Or I can watch Gunbroker and pay nothing. Sit in my underwear. Alright. So so say it'll cost you so say it'll cost you a hundred bucks to go there. If you found something that you wanted that's like a I don't know, like a eight hundred dollar yeah. gun, and you can get it for seven hundred dollars. Then that that pays for it, right? If you wanted Basically, it anyway, yeah. So it's just the off chance of that, you know. Just the off chance of that. I mean, and even like, okay, so so say you buy an eight hundred dollar gun for eight hundred dollars after spending a hundred dollars to get there. Okay, well then, then you wait a year or two years, and now that eight hundred dollar gun is a nine hundred or a thousand dollar gun, and then a hundred dollars isn't that big of a deal. You know what I mean? You don't like like I said before, it's the FOMO aspect of it for me. I am like I think about what could be there and what I could be missing out on, and what sort of deals, and so I go and I go and I go, and then you know I'll I'll, I'll find stuff eventually. For and, me, it's uh, logistics. It's spending. I could spend the hundred dollars to get there, or I could save that hundred dollars and put that hundred dollars towards something I could buy nine hundred dollars worth. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the problem. See, so Danny, he's spending that money to take a gamble to see something that may not be there. Yes, and I'm not someone yeah. really like to gamble. Take the gamble. Yeah, you like to gamble on it. I don't. But see, Danny is also. Lowering his risk because he's going to 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 multiple stuff, yeah. Versus you're going to potentially one or two a year. Mm-hmm. Speaking was, of the higher yeah, admission it, prices in your area, make it worse. It does. Yeah, it yeah. sucks. It genuinely does. Danny, when like, is your son expected to be born? Uh, late February. Oh, we're going to show of shows, right? When is that? I think I actually am. February twenty second. Oh, yep. His due <laughs> date. His due date's the twenty fourth. But I hey. <laughs> yeah, hey see. man, buy a plane ticket. It's only money, you know. It's a gamble. I think your wife would murder you. <laughs> I think she would fly in there to murder. I've you never flown to a show. Just just drive. It's uh <laughs> It's tw- the twenty second to the twenty sixth. Yeah. I actually got invited to go this year. I think I actually might be going. I'm not sure. Because a couple it's of my that, friends want to go to buy parts kits. It's not that far away from me, Jared. Yeah. Danny's gotten multiple times mad at me because I have to remind him that it's like an hour and a half away from me. Oh, that would be nice. It's like, it's a long drive for us. We might, I mean, they it's might the not show do of it. shows this year. Show of shows is in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Kentucky, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's always at the Kentucky Expo Center as far as I'm aware. Sorry, my wife is uh, texting me about her kiddo. Uh, it's probably start time to start wrapping it up because uh, yeah. Mister Mister got a job needs to go to bed. 
I think the wife's already asleep. Making me feel feel all young here because I'm I'm usually a night owl even even with working. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. I feel like at some point we're we're gonna beat a dead horse on this uh, on this gun show thing. I think you guys are jaded, and I. Oh, I fully admit I'm jaded. <laughs> I am I'm not fully arguing. jaded. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I am a sapphire. A you've got the sapphire. jaded half of the chat, and then you've got the mediocre slash Danny half of the chat. <laughs> if I had one good one, like or decent, just decent, you know. Okay. I I do have something to ask though uh, to Stephen and Danny in particular, and mm -hmm. Stephen in particular actually. Uh, Stephen mentioned that he's seen a lot of shows where it's just like Civil War stuff. Like, I mean, assuming like reenactment and like stuff like that, right? Well, no, so like, so the so Waco specifically has a, a, a couple of collector shows in this area a year, and it's all like it's like muskets uh -huh. type okay. thing. So, so they've I'm, got like I'm a bunch curious. of muskets from like the Civil War era and like uh, um, flintlock, flintlock revolvers. Uh -huh. So, I'm curious because in this area, it was when I first started collecting in, in 2011. And I went to shows here. It, it it was still kind of prevalent, and then it died out really quickly here. But is cowboy stuff still a thing? Like, oh, absolutely! It's dying. Yes. It's dying it's out dying. up here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no. Here at, at the collector shows, it's very much still a thing. You can okay, definitely I still feel those Texas, cowboy it stuff. It would be a popular thing still, but like, it's, it's really not as popular as you would think. So uh, so it's it it's it's popular, but it's not it's not as popular as like. Maybe you would like stereotypically you would think it would be. So like at the, you'll see it at like the collector shows, um, or like the shows that are like like at least in my area that are specifically like for old stuff. You'll see a lot of it there with like you know Civil War era stuff and and whatnot because basically the old shows in the Waco area divide themselves into okay it's it's one company that does it and a lot of it is Civil War slash Western. Um, and at the historical shows I've been at in Dallas, you'll see a few cowboy things and Civil War stuff. So you'll see it, and you'll see a fair amount of it, not not too much. Um, it's not impossible to find by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not, it's not, you know, oh, wow, this is like the haven of the Wild Wild West type deal either. I got you. But, I mean, that's still, like, dedicated shows to Civil War slash Western, which is not a thing here. That's just not Yeah, a well, thing. I wouldn't say it's dedicated to that type of thing. It's it's The show will de be dedicated, at least the Waco show is dedicated to pre-1950 stuff, and it just happens to shake out that a lot the of the people... Of is that. Yeah, a lot of them happen to be in the more Civil War slash Western type deal. The first year I went to that show, there was a couple of tables where all it was was Millstrip stuff. Um... And I mean, this this one guy had like four or five K ninety eights and like six or seven infields. Like he had a lot of stuff at his table. The last two times I've been there, it's been primarily Civil War slash Western era. Let me ask another question: When you arrive, do you dramatically decrease the uh, average age of people at the old show in Waco? Yes, <laughs> I am. I am. Are you the only far... one there that doesn't have like white hair? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, because I'm I'm 28, so I, at those shows, it's like, yeah, I'm I'm very much 
the youngest person here. Now, if I go to the historic show in Dallas, there's actually a not insignificant amount of people who are in my age range who go up there looking for stuff. Um, the Yugo Mausers are surprisingly popular at those things among people my age. Those are cheap. Yeah, honestly, that's probably why. Tend to be in good shape too. Mm-hmm. Yep, they're they're nice shape and they're cheap. And there's nothing wrong with that. Common caliber, eight millimeter. Yep. So, yeah. If that's yeah. what gets you started, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. So so at the at the at the bigger city shows, yeah, there's plenty of young people at the at the old timey show in Waco. It's it's definitely an old timey show, both in in product sold and in uh, demographic of people there. I can't hate on gun shows too much because two of the rifles I really like came from a gun show. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of rifles you like came from gun shows, right, Jared? Jaded, Jared. Yeah. Uh, maybe one of them bought from you. Yeah, I was going to say the ones I bought from you that you had originally bought from gun shows. Um. I mean, I have gotten rifles from gun shows and pistols. Like I've, I've done it. It's just, again, that over time, young, younger, you know, younger, yeah, younger me, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But over time, this is not my thing. I don't need to buy salsa. I don't need you to tell me about your salsa. Oh, tasty! Fuck up. See, like, I've never seen salsa sold at a gun show. I have seen up here. I'll, there's yeah. like tables that shit. <laughs> the, the common thing here is um, electric companies wanting to sell you energy. Oh, that's weird. That's odd. Is 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 the common thing I'll see up in in this area at the big gun shows. We'll go natural gas because we're the second largest <laughs> ga- natural gas producer right. in the country. Here we got we have this back row, and it's all like the weird non-gun show, like real salesmany guys. And it's like gutters and like gutter trappings. There's like people selling windows for your house, and there's uh, Scientologists that come. Whoa! And I've never seen a religious angle. Mm-mm. Yeah, I've never seen that either. That was that was surprising. They came out of left field. Yeah, they're there, and they don't they don't like advertise themselves as like Scientologists or whatever. They just have their like books, you know, and they're just like, hey, would you like a free stress test? And they get you hooked up to their machine, and they tell you whatever. And every now and then, you know, you see somebody that they kind of suck it in. And, yeah, but uh, yeah, they they go. They're like they go to these shows. Like they have tables at the shows here all the time. So I'm guessing if they've been doing it so long over and over again that it's like worth it to them. Uh, surprisingly, but it's kind of weird, random. But uh, the only one I won't complain about is the guy that has like meat and cheese. Because that's that's intelligence. That's knowing your market. It, that's very common here. It's the, the, the it, meat and cheese. It's meat and pickles um, here. And it's, like, and it's like one. There's like one, maybe two. Mm-hmm. And pickles. Yeah, it's Kansas yeah. City. That's knowing your market. Um, the only one common here is pecans. Oh, barbecue like, sauce. No, no, yeah, not really. So, no. Hmm. Yeah, sauces. Sauces, man. There was a guy that always brought like homemade, well, salsa and salsas. Yeah, so I, I did sauce. I did salsa. Um, I haven't seen pickles. The Art. meat and cheese thing, though, is pretty common. Meat and cheese, th- that makes sense. That's knowing your market. A bunch of dudes walking around, they're going to get hungry, right? Oh, jerky. 
Sure. Well, that's meat and cheese. Um, about no, no, no. I'm I'm talking like sausages with the meat and cheese, but like yeah, the the jerky guy was a separate guy for uh, us. That's the same one for us. And get, yeah, we have uh, we have art. jerky. You got your bison jerky. You got your gator jerky. That I don't know if that's actually gator, but mm, okay. Uh, blankets. Uh blankets. Yeah. Blankets. I've seen shamwows a lot at the shows I've been to. A what? Shamwow? Yeah, like the the. the oh, I've seen on like oh they they soak everything up so fast. Those are, I see those are pretty much at every show I've been to. What about DVDs? The giant aisle of DVDs. No, it's like eight tables. I, I have seen one show where it's just like this is just movies. This is all of the things that I'm telling you happen at the same place, at the same time. This is not like me oh, taking amalgamation. This is you have, you have dived into. So you go to a gun show home. and see eight tables of DVDs, and you're like, "Yes, there's like a why little." Why are there eight tables? Of, yeah. yeah, yeah. What about fudge? How fudge? How many how, yeah, how, fudges come at y'all? I don't. There's yeah. no fudge here. I've never yep. seen like chocolate being sold here. Oh, fudge all the time for it's, sure. It's yeah. weird. Oh, oh, one thing that it's, it's not per- it's non-perishable. You don't have to you don't have to refrigerate it, so it's easy to sell it like to shit like this. The main so the main company that does the gun shows here, like the biggest of all the companies, their policy is if you're a non-gun vendor, you pay more for your tables than if you're a gun vendor. So uh, I think that that's I think that's, that's how they try idea. to balance it out because they can't say no non-gun vendors because they got to sell tables, they got to fill their place up, but they but they charge them more. So it kind of incentivizes it a little bit. And I think that might be like the best way for them to, to do it, you know? I feel like I'm missing like a critical one too. Popcorn is another common one. Yeah, I've there's seen. a lot. I just, I just like, they just like blurred out now and I don't even like remember them. So I, it's, I'm having a hard time even remembering some of the words. Oh, I remember the other one. The lotion guy. It oh. sounded like some miracle cream thing. There was a guy here for a while set up and he had like a weird like salt and oil thing and you'd like go over and he'd like rub like salt on your hands and then like oil and whatever and then be like, see how great your hand feels and whatever. I haven't like seen afterwards. that. Do you yeah. suffer from back pains? You're about to suffer from face pains if you don't leave me the fuck alone. Like, <laughs> Oh, they have the bracelets or whatever that cure your back pain. Oh, yes. The that's copper. Yeah. Copper. Yeah, the, yeah, the copper Again. stuff and the magnets and... The this is all at the same place at the same time. Oh, th- this is just like a few tables spread out, and then all the really, really bad ones all all on the end by themselves. I think they. I like could probably idea. do it. They probably do it about as good as you can do it. But man, That's there's like a few good. good like when I was thinking about the perfect show, there's a few shows here in Kansas City. There's like three or maybe four a year that are about as perfect as you could realistically make a show. I think all gun vendors, like Missouri Valley Show, and then there's a couple like smaller shows, they're all military, all guns, no crap. Like they fill it up with all good stuff. Um, Do not take them for granted. Enjoy them because it can be worse. Yeah, I like yeah. the second half, the, the, the jaded half is just going to start sending Danny a wish list for when he goes to the shows. Well, that would be illegal. <laughs> I have quite a lot. That would be illegal for a purchaser. And if he would get his stupid non-FFL, then it would not be that way anymore because FFL. it would be a transfer within FFL. Yeah. It's $30. Well, 
but he want he doesn't want to be tracked. Doesn't want to be tracked. He doesn't want he doesn't want to give up his amendments. Doesn't want to help a brother out with all his good shows. Yeah, I, I am gonna just, just, <laughs> disclaimer. I am not in, in fact encouraging any illegal activities. Oh no, we know that. That's, <laughs> the, the nice people do people like, do send me wish lists. Like uh, people are like, hey, if you see any like uh, like recently, Milsert Mike asked me for to look uh, for like uh, thirty forty crag ammo. So I get stuff like that pretty often because yeah. he knows I'm going to be there. And so he's like, yeah. For me, it's, hey, have you seen any antiques? Hmm. Hmm. Well, like antique what? Like antique firearms? Like, like no, man, here's like an antique fan. And like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I usually just like, hey, if you see anything cooler, send me pictures so that way I can actually enjoy myself and look at something cool instead of the macaroni and cheese art guy or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> tough. Yeah. Well, I guess we could, uh, we could wrap this one up. I feel like we've beaten it to death. Pretty hardcore. You knew so. what you were getting into when you sent the thing. And I said, really? <laughs> Cause I had a while to think about this. Cause all I did was walk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. I don't know. I feel like there was one story I didn't tell. I love the ending. Well, there we go. Cut no, it. we did it. We did it. Sorry. We Hard had, slice. It's like, well, we were way behind. It, we got behind in. We got behind in podcasts. It's like we got yeah, caught up there for a minute. I'm we two were. days behind. Two days behind. I feel like yeah, I've, got, I've had a lot of. I've had a lot of people ask me. One guy met me at the last gun show and was like, "Hey, when's your next podcast? It's been a while." I go up on the 18th typically. That's what I tell people because it's typically when I've been uploading them. So hmm. at least to the, um, the, the downloadable, listenable one, okay. uh, the, the video one is dependent on Danny doing his job here. You pointed in the wrong oh. direction there. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. That's, um, I gotta, I gotta look at Danny's this screen. This is on my screen. That's recording. recording. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. This it's doing, guy's fault. Yeah. 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 So wasn't there a story? And was sick this podcast, so there you go. Yeah. yeah. Danny just had the flu though too, so that was kind of yeah. Uh, good old, good well. old. That's why the mustache is gone because. Uh, oh in, yeah, I influenza. Influenza A. Yeah, that's going around. I was I was like dry heaving, and just I got a bunch of puke in it at one point, and yeah, then I got tons of snot in it. Yep. like for like a week straight and i was just like i gotta get rid of this thing so actually i got but you ever see the people who like they shave their beard like and then like surprise their kid and their kid's like oh my god like scared or whatever i didn't want to do that so i like held him and like shaved it so he like saw the transformation or whatever so he wouldn't be scared or anything my brother yeah. refused to even look at my dad when he did that he was like he was little he was like three or four you know what i mean yeah, yeah. but he was like crying it was funny <laughs> My dad had a mustache my whole life. He had a mustache. And when I was like 15, I asked him, like, we went hunting and like, and I was like, hey, why don't you shave your mustache? I've never seen you have a mustache. And we got home and he shaved it. And I was like, yep, nope. Nope. And he grew, that was, he grew that was, that was That's close to me. So my, my dad had his until I was like 20. And then all of a sudden one day he shaved it. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like nope, and he grew he grew it back, and it stayed it stayed back. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I hope everybody listening enjoyed that one. Well, yeah, I, I think we'd like to thank Stephen for coming. Uh, once again, we'll plug the Patreon. Uh, Millsorp World Patreon members uh, get access to the Discord, and if you would like, you are able to join the list of people willing to come onto the podcast. Um, you do not have to have a video camera. This is just something we've started doing recently. It's preferably... I mean, you could do it with a phone. Yeah, you can um, do it with your phone if you don't have, like, a webcam or whatever. But, uh, you know, I don't want to exclude people like that. But uh, it does – and you don't have a – we don't have a tier system like people do. But, like, if you donate the minimum amount, you're part of the everything. Right, Danny? Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like it's not smart of us to, to like – not give more benefits to somebody who donates like five bucks versus only, one well, buck or whatever. As we've we said before, the only reason we started the Patreon was to keep the podcast up on the website so it doesn't get removed. And 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 the guys that donate do allow us to do that. So uh, that's why I think that we just have never bothered to, to go beyond anything. Like we, whatever you wanted to give us, it's great. Yeah, yeah. The Patreon, yeah, the Patreon covers that. It also pays for stuff like uh, our micro, our, our webcams that, yep. c- that can see us. I bought that's Patreon money that you can see us through, and like you know, microphones and <laughs> I had to buy a new camera. So, uh, oh yeah, you broke your camera. I didn't break it. The wind uh-huh. broke it. Uh, sure. And uh, yeah, so I had to buy a new a new camera. So my new new videos coming out. Like uh, the next couple of weeks or whatever, I filmed them all in 4K because I got a new camera. So uh, here you go. It'll blow you away while you're looking on your like three inch screen phone, that 4K. But uh, yeah. This course right. a great perk too. Just, yeah. just putting that out there for people listening <laughs> or not. Honestly, on dude, there yet. I feel like we're super lucky with everybody that's on our Discord because it is a great group, like genuinely a great group of guys. On our, yeah, it's on not our toxic at all, and it's wonderful. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. Uh, luckily, we haven't had to kick anybody out yet, so. so. Yeah, it's, all, it's uh, all, all been good guys. We've been very, very fortunate, yeah. Well, I thank everybody for coming, and um, we'll meet again hopefully after the new year. And have a good Christmas. This is our Christmas episode. Um, so ho, ho, ho. Um, and Happy New Year, I guess, right? Yeah, if you listen yeah Merry to this. Christmas and Happy New Year yeah. to everyone. Yep. All right. Thank you all for coming. <laughs>